My next guest on Tea Time with me, Ali Monjak, is Peter Stoddart-Compton, who's been in PR and comms for 30 years. Peter started out as fashion PR, having an absolutely fabulous experience with designers such as John Galliani and Vivian Westwood. He then worked in different types of media, including the Clothes Show magazine, before settling down to carry on doing what she does best, communicate for a local authority. She's definitely a lifestyle guru who enjoys the best of music, art and culture. Let's find out more. Peter, welcome to Tea Time with me, Annie Monjack. So welcome to, to the podcast and how's your day been? Uh, it's been pretty frenetic. <laughs> it's been pretty Zoom-tastic, actually. You're the last one of the day. <laughs> oh, bless you. It, 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 it definitely is a communication trend of the times, isn't it? We're, we're just going to have a chat, really, about, you know, of you being in PR and comms for 30 years. I mean, a lot must have changed within that time. Uh, everything has changed and and I would say probably mostly for the better you know everyone is able to communicate more and um, when I started you know back in the day we didn't have social media and it was it was more a case of building personal relationships <laughs> you know rather than uh, relying on Twitter to spread the word so different times yeah no totally different times I mean it, you first started out didn't you you had an ab fab time um in london as as fashion pr i did i did have an ab fab time i worked for a lady called jean bennett who was like one of the i don't know the forerunners in fashion pr and along with lynn franks really and i worked there and we just had the best accounts we had vivian westward john galliano we had um, Jeff Banks, um, Jeff Banks when he was warehouse, you know, warehouse stores. And yeah, and lots, lots more. We had all the accounts that everybody wanted. Gosh, yeah, no, it sounds like you did. You, you, they must have been envious with, uh, yeah, yeah, your, your fashionistas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was great. So what was it like to work with people like Vivian Westwood and John Galliano? Were they friendly? What were they like? Well, you know, it was, it was actually a very kind of inspiring and creative time. Um, you know, Westwood and Galliano, you know, they were the, not quite the new kids on the block, but they were, the, you know, probably the, the, you know, the, the most important kids on the block at the time. Um, she had lots of great people working with her. Bella Freud was her assistant at the time, and obviously she is like a fashion designer in her own right now. Her son, Joe Corey, was, you know, round and about, and obviously he went on to do all kinds of things, not least Adrian Provocateur. So, um, yeah, very creative, inspiring people, you know, just the kind of feeling that anything could happen, and um, yeah, sometimes it did. <laughs> and it you seem to think that you know who the absolutely fabulous um, with Jennifer Saunders and Joanna Lumley. You, you think you know who the person Bubbles was cast from? Well, I mean, nobody really knows, but we, you know, we, we often thought that, you know, potentially she may be very loosely based on uh, one of the Jean Bennett girls, Ange, 
And so that, that it's it's food for thought. I'm not sure what Andrew would say about that, but yeah, we we have a we've always thought yeah maybe because she was um, a real kind of integral part of the fashion scene at the time. And I think anyone that was in fashion PR knew Ange. So well, yeah, maybe that's for us. That's, that's, that's my personal view. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's fun. So, I mean, it must have been fun walking around, you know, working around a catwalk as well, seeing it sort of all come to life and it all happen. I mean, what, what was that like? Yeah. It must have been hectic. Yeah, it was, it was hectic, but amazing, you know, and the fashion shows, London Fashion Week. Um, actually, one time I worked on them and they were held up, up at, you know, Chelsea, kind of run by Chelsea Barracks and yeah we had a pretty exciting time we linked up with Lynn Franks and she was PRing Fiorucci at the time and there were a few kind of devil wears Prada moments you know when um, <laughs> the, 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 the Lynn Franks girls wanted to put out lots of roses on the chairs and the Vivian Westwood uh, crew were not so keen on that so uh, yeah it was interesting interesting times you know because um, I think yeah, I think Vivian Westwood and her team were, you know, they were pretty much a law unto themselves. So it was, um, it was interesting. Yeah, I can imagine. Really, really interesting. And, you know, did, did you ever have a moment where you just thought, gosh, is this really happening? Yeah, all the time. I was, I was so happy that it was all happening because um, I'd always been mad on clothes. And um, so all my Christmases came at once, you know, when I got that job. So, yeah, it was, it was brilliant for me. And um, I wasn't really thinking too deeply about anything other than wearing great clothes that I couldn't afford at a retail price and going to lots of parties. And it kind of ticked all the boxes, really. So, I, yeah, I loved every second. Oh, fantastic. So... I mean, is there any pieces that you've managed to save clothes-wise or any, well, were you gifted clothes? Were you gifted clothes? Well, you're going to be so impressed because as you know, I'm not always so organised, but um, I knew this might come up because you'd be talking about fashion. So just for you, Ali. <laughs> There wow! It it's a very much a deep sky jacket, and the only one I've seen in recent years has been at the VA, so it's comfortable to say the least. Yes. There you go. Fantastic. <laughs> wow, that, that is quite something. So obviously, I mean most of Vivian's clothes are, are a limited edition, aren't they? Yes, yeah. I mean you can't you can't get a deep sky jacket. No, not, no way, no how. Well, unless, unless, you know, you make me an offer, but I would probably <laughs> refuse. Bless <laughs> <laughs> you, bless you. So, yeah, and amazing. I mean, what would that have retailed at, at, at the time and now? Uh, I really, I did, really can't remember. I really can't remember. It, it, it wouldn't have been cheap. Um, I, certainly, I mean, the clothes weren't cheap, but they weren't meant to be cheap. And um, yeah, I can remember before, way before kind of moving up to London and working in, you know, fashion or PR, um, I did used to go to London, save up all my pocket money and go to the shop at World's End so that I could buy little bits and pieces. And it probably took me about a year to save up for a pirate outfit, so, um, which I then wore to death. So. <laughs> <laughs> just, so I, just so I can look like Chrissy Hines, you know. I, oh, <laughs> I'm still brilliant. trying to look like Chrissy Hines, but you know, I'm, I'm working on it. 
Well, I, I think you're, you're, you've got your own thing going on there. You really, really have, Pete, definitely, without a doubt. So that, that is fantastic. So did you get gifted a lot of clothes, though? Did you? Well, we didn't get gifted an awful lot, but, you know, we kind of got them dirt cheap, so, you know, and we did sometimes used to wear them. <laughs> Maybe when we shouldn't have. <laughs> we used to borrow them every now and again, which was like, very exciting and naughty. Fabulous. Yeah, 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 no, I'm with you, I'm with you. Um, so, when did you make the move out of fashion? When, when was that sort of period of your life over? Well, I kind of, I kind of remained interested in fashion and did little bits and pieces, but then I sort of moved more, more into publishing, actually. I went to work for Media Week. Um, I was the PA to the publisher there, so a complete turnaround. And from there, I went to Clothes Show magazine when... Um, it was the biggest fashion show ever and um because obviously as i say people didn't rely on the internet so you know people were very excited to watch the program and i worked for them before the bbc kind of took them on for a tiny um uh, publishing company called focus and uh yeah i had a great time i did all the advertorials and so it gave me a chance i you know i got to Art direct some of my own shots, work with photographers, and you know, write the um, the copy. So, yeah, I that was a great job for me because I, I got to do everything. So, I, you know, all the bits that I really liked, it was all rolled into one. So, you know, more getting involved with the stylization of stuff and styling. I mean, that 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 seems really like your bag because you know, having known you yeah. for quite a few years now, I know that you're really into your upcycling and you know doing We've always been an, always been an upcycler um definitely i think that from like going way way back when i was like very much into the punk look and everybody wanted their look to be customized you know i would spend a lot of time you know in charity shops and at jungle sales kind of just looking for something that i could maybe kind of rip to shreds and sew back up again just so no one else had it so that was you know that was great <laughs> yeah no definitely so let's talk about the clothes show magazine for a little while because you know surely you must have been working with jeff banks well, not directly, actually, but we obviously did have a kind of loop through to those guys because we were producing the magazine. Um, so no, I didn't. I didn't meet Jeff. Um, I did work on the first clothes show live um, exhibition, which uh, was really exciting, and that was at Earl's Court. And um, in fact, there hadn't been anything like it ever. And so people were literally queuing around the block. And I can remember the big excitement was caused because we had Jason Donovan as our star turn. Oh, brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah. So what, what was he like? Really nice, yeah. Just really approachable and lovely, just as you'd imagine him to be. So yeah, so that so that was really cool. I didn't realise how groundbreaking that was going to be because obviously after the BBC took over, you know, Closure Magazine, they kind of made that very large and took it up to Birmingham. But it all started fairly small, very low key in a way. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. So tell me, did you have a crush on Jason Donovan? Were you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I had a crush on Michael Hutchins from In Excess. 
I still do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, God, God rest his soul. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Did you ever meet him? No, I did go to see him. I, I've seen him uh, play on a few occasions, so I was lucky. But no, I never got to meet him. I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, oh well, well never mind. But it sounds like you had a, you know, you had had a really good fun working around the fashion industry. So, I mean, is there any pictures now, sort of shots that you helped art direct and, you know, create back then that you kind of see reproduced in today and think, oh, I did that first, I did that. Well, there's a, there are a lot of things that I, I see that I can see the influences in. But I mean, it's the same with everything, isn't it? it you know, nothing comes from you know, nothing at all. Everything is based on influences, you know, music, fashion, art, it's all around influences. So, I mean, I'm trying to think of, I can't think of anything like off the top of my head, but yeah, I do, I see a lot of um, stuff that is influenced by stuff that we did back then, particularly now, because, you know, the 80s and 90s are very key fashion looks, you know, and people are like trying to recreate them. You know, it's very, it's very in right now. Yeah, it is very in right now, isn't it? Definitely. So, I mean, you know, I, I suppose it, it, we, we go through sort of cycles with fashion, don't we? And cycles yeah. with things. I mean, you it's know. It's definitely cyclic. And I really wish there's so many things. I, I look at a magazine now and I think, oh, everyone like that. I really wish I kept it. <laughs> but I think everybody does that. Really? Yeah. No, no, no. I'm sure they do. But I mean, you must do more so than anybody because, you know, as you've, you've worked in fashion, you've worked with the Clothes Show magazine and, you know, it's trying to create that perfect picture, isn't it? I mean, do you think that magazines, I mean, you know, we're not so magazine centric now, are we? Everything is online. Yeah. But do you think, you know, I mean, that, you know, we, we've kind of, do, do, do you think that people just keep trying to reproduce things or we kind of move on in yeah. different ways? Yeah, I think, we, I think we move on. I just think it, there's a new perspective, but quite often the core influences are there. As I say, you know, it's so evident in the 70s, you know, with the 70s and 80s looks that are out now. So, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, 70s and 80s are, are really quite... Um, yeah, but is it, don't you find that maybe there's more modern twists on clothes now that they mix it up a bit? Well, yeah, well, you know, I mean, I would say, I mean, I certainly like to get an older look and kind of add a little twist to it. But I mean, if you look at designers like Prada, for example, I mean, they're very 70s influenced, you know. Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's, and the prints um, and you know the shapes the jackets every, everything yeah which is great do you miss it do you miss not art directing because it sounds like you know you've still got it rushing through your blood basically uh i yeah i kind of i kind of like to keep my hand in if i ever get a chance to do any kind of photos or you know get involved with with any sheets um 
but yeah, not so, not so much these days. I can't say I miss it because I, I think once you kind of um, take a change of direction, it's probably best not to look back and keep looking forward, you know. But um, it's a great times, and I'm so glad that I, yeah, that I got the chance to do some of that I mean, stuff. you did get called back, didn't you, a couple of years ago um, to do a PR project working with some friends uh, at Windsor Castle. Oh, a, a PR project, what the, um, <laughs> what the wedding you mean? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I kind of got called, called on to kind of look after the media at the wedding of um, Eugenie and Jack. <laughs> yes, I get that right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was it. That was exciting. And um, I did end up actually meeting somebody um, that used to that I used to work with at Jean Bennett and she was working for Sky TV and um, so that was really odd. I was in the media pen outside Windsor Castle and um, yeah and she um, she was having trouble getting with her passes getting access in and she was going to miss her slot so I said you can come in here and she said don't I know you? And then she said, yeah, you're one of the Jean Bennett girls, which is maybe how with laughter because, um, yeah, I know one has called me that for a very long time. I love that she called me a girl as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. I, I just love that. So, I mean, you've kind of gone full circle, haven't you, with comms as well, because, you know, you, you eventually left publishing and then you went and did something entirely different didn't you yeah um i did i mean i i got married i moved to wales um and then i worked in economic development i was working with the welsh development agency to kind of um, sell the idea of businesses moving to wales to businesses outside of wales so i kind of went on a little road show every month like talking to people and telling them how great it was to uh, move to wales and <laughs> try 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 reel them in fab so i mean do you do you think you've got lots of people interested i'm sure you did actually <laughs> well i got i got some people interested <laughs> let's let's say that well yeah hopefully anyway you know wales is a great place so um yeah i, I think uh, well, I, I should i mean I, I, obviously i'm uh, i i shouldn't be advertising other other places other <laughs> other places i'm working in but yeah you know wales, wales is a good place there's lots of space for people to um build um their offices and factories in a way that they can't you know maybe in more um, built up areas but yeah i've got a soft spot for wales Oh, lovely. So it, it sounds amazing. I mean, I have been a couple of times. It is an amazing place and they've got amazing beaches as well in Wales, haven't they? So not where I lived. I was in the middle of Wales. So I was, I was about 20 miles out of Shropshire, so literally in the middle of Wales. So that was interesting because people from London would come and say, can we meet for lunch? And I'd say, yeah, where are you? They say Cardiff, not realising that it's quicker for me to go to London than to meet them in Cardiff. So oh no well that that sounds really good so that that was a complete contrast but i have actually missed out you did work for the ideal home exhibition as well 
I did. I worked for the Ideal Home Exhibition. I was uh, one of their show sales managers and that meant I was in charge of like a number of sections within the, um, within the exhibition. One of them was like the female focus. The other one was the design, um, the design area. So yeah, that was, qu that was quite interesting. <laughs> well, no, so, it does sound um, interesting, but you know, again, it's, it's all connected to sort of style, isn't it? Yeah, I think I was lucky to get those uh, those particular areas to work on. So um, it, yeah, it did, it did work for me because it, um, it was a bit of a home from home, really talking about all the stuff you know, dealing with those kind of exhibitors. So. Yeah, no, definitely. So I mean, what would you say is like you know the difference between sales and PR, apart from fundamentally pushing being a, a uh, you know, somebody who really pushes sales through. I mean, do, do you not think that, you know, in a sales role, you were basically just using PR? Uh, I guess uh, some of the skills are transferable, but I think it's um, PR is much more strategic, obviously. And again, selling, it's you're kind of looking at, you know, individuals' needs, aren't you? You know, and, and finding out how, that you, how your product would fit with their you know, with their, their needs. Um, and in, in PR as well, you're, you're doing the same thing. You're, you're kind of talking around what fits the strategies and, you know, how to get it out to the right audiences. So there's, there's some crossover, but I, not much really. So no. selling is, is, yeah, so selling is um, a, a bit of a, a more intense um, gig from my memory anyway. <laughs> not something that you really want to repeat in a hurry. So it was, it was, it was work, hard work, yeah, you know, very time sensitive because obviously you have to have all the space sold and, uh, you know, have everything kind of set up, you know, and so, yeah, it was, uh, it was intense. <laughs> yeah, no, it does sound intense. So the Ideal Home Exhibition, any stories out there? Um, I did want to say I was put in charge of um, Bubbles Rothermere, who was, you know, obviously the lady of the Association Newspaper Group. And um, I'd take her around the exhibition for a day, which was interesting. She was a very, um, she was a character. <laughs> she, was, she was a character. So um, I think probably not many other ideal home stories apart from that. No, well, I mean, you know, again, how amazing to work with somebody like that. And yeah, yeah, yeah it was, yeah. It was amazing to meet her. As I say, she, she was a definite character. Yeah, yeah, a real eye-opener as well, I should imagine, <laughs> in life. Yeah, yeah, well, working with, you know, the Associated Newspapers, definitely. Um, so, so, yeah, so, you know, going into Wales again and, you know, being part of economic, development and again that's a different totally different thing so you went kind of like from style everything sort of stylish and fashion and magazines and everything to, to doing economic development so do you know do you think the same principles apply in PR when you're doing something like that do they do they apply across the boards or is you know fashion PR more or style PR more one way or well, yeah, I mean, uh, fashion PR is very, I can't, I can't think of the word, but, you know, obviously you're kind of working with certain trends, you know, but I mean, yeah, a lot of the, I think a lot of the people skills are transferable, um, 
you know, and, and PR is definitely um, easier, I think, if you really love, you know, what you're, what you're promoting, you know, then it's kind of not a job, is it, as they say. If you, uh, if you like talking about clothes, and you know, and I, I also did meal job remedies as well, so I mean, yeah, it's clothes, you know, beauty products, natural beauty products, which I'm really into, so, um, it, it, I, yeah, I didn't really feel like a job <laughs> much. That was a, a later, a later PR job with um, profile PR that I worked for Neil Child Remedies. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the skills just yeah, there's, so, there's so much crossover, and I think that you can use those skills, you know, in every aspect of all of those jobs. So, what makes a good PR person then? <laughs> I don't know, Ali. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. it's got to be communication isn't it yeah i mean i think you do need to even though things are much more social media based i i personally think it is really nice if you're a person that likes to communicate with people and enjoying that and kind of building up on a story you know even if you're working with your colleagues to put something together it's all about that interaction and yeah i really i really like that yeah, I can see that definitely. That that's just so you, and you know, you're you're always even though you now work for a local authority, um, which I know you yes. love because you know you're you're able to get involved in the 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 sort of the earth type stuff, as they say. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot. Yeah, it's great working for so many different services. You know, there's a lot of human interest aspects to um, the work that I do, which yeah, I, I really like. It feels really worthwhile, so yeah, it's good. Yeah, no, 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 that is, and I think you, you've kind of grown through the whole PR comms thing, haven't you, as well, because, you know, you've, you've you know, now started giving out and doing the menopause cafe. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a kind of different, different angle, which it, maybe it's a natural one for a women as they hit a certain age. But um, yeah, I'm also the women's officer at the council. And as part of that role, um, I started to look at menopause in the workplace. Um, there are, oh, there's, there's around 4.8 million uh, women between the ages of 50 and 60 working, you know, in the workplace today. And obviously a lot of those are menopausal because the average age is at 51. So I started looking at my own workplace, um, did some surveys, um, found out how many women were sort of like experiencing symptoms, um, asked them if they'd like to take it a stage further and, you know, talk face to face at a cafe. And um, yeah, so did a few menopause cafes so we could... Um, just hear about the issues that people were having and ask, you know, how they felt they could be better supported. And um, the council is just about to make its menopause policy live, which is great because uh, literally there's only 10% of companies in the UK have menopause policies. So West Boxshire Council is one of the 10% now, which is great. There you go again, you're doing that PR thing, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> You got me there. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's really fabulous because when you consider that um, Channel 4 recently implemented their menopause policy, you know, it made front page news, which um, 
it's great, but it's, it's kind of absurd, really, given that every, you know, every company has a maternity policy, um, but only 10% have menopause policies, and you wouldn't think that it would be front page news for a company, you know, or an organisation to be, you know, looking after their female staff at that time, so. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it, it takes a certain type of person as well to recognise this because, you know, we live in a very fast paced world as well. Where, you know, we do where everything almost happened yesterday because, you know, that that's something you didn't have when you started out in PR, as you said, social media. Um, mm. So, yes. I mean, I think trying to find the information um, can often get lost in the ether, can't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it is it is very fast paced. I mean, you know, where at one point you may have had 24 hours to compile a response. You know, sometimes you you know you barely have 24 minutes because the story is is out there. So it's it's very very fast paced. Um, or, you know, which is good. You know, it's just that you know information traffic. So um, yeah, it's kind of just keeping keeping the flow with that and being aware of everything that's going on on social media and responding. You know, as as you know as quickly as you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, definitely. So, but I mean, as I said, you you yourself, you've really sort of you know grown in the last thirty years and. You know, you've incorporated your style into what you do and PR and comms and grown your own thing, haven't you? I mean, as I said, you, you're, you're really, and you've said yourself, you're really into upcycling. I mean, during lockdown, you, you spent a lot of time working from home. You actually converted part of an old mill into some flower pots, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> I clearly, I clearly had a bit of time on my hands at one point. Yeah, it didn't last long. Um, so uh, yeah, I just um, I sort of just saw the potential for some. I quite like industrial um, themes, as you can, you might be able to see behind me. You know, we've got a scaffold pole, which is actually converted into a light. So I wanted industrial. I mean, you don't get much more industrial than that. And so yeah, I kind of uh, found these uh, these. Um, uh, trays that are part of a big kind of um, sifting machine. I mean, so you know, your art directing days really, you know, <laughs> are not over, are they, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, I think there's different ways of expressing, you know, now, and I probably do a lot more like through the home, whereas it, it did used to be mainly clothes. Now it's interiors as well. So you know, the um, fireplace behind me. Is, re is a rescue fireplace with a, a builder that was bashing uh, it to bits and I was like, stop. And um, yeah, so I kind of cleaned it up, got it fixed up, got the bits, broken bits kind of put together by a stonemason. And yeah, there, there it is. But, but it was, um, yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was in several pieces when I got it and not in a good way. No, I mean, that sounds amazing. I mean, also those old fireplaces are worth quite a lot of money, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. I think the original Victorian fireplace came out of a Victorian house. But I mean, I'm just so nosy that when I heard, you know, some banging going on, I went to see what, you know, what was going on. And uh, that's when I grabbed the fireplace. <laughs> yeah, I rescued the fireplace. <laughs> so if anybody needs anything upcycling, they should come and see you <laughs> as well. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. Come, come and let me know. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you give you some ideas. <laughs> I can kind of see. I mean, I know that you you put out some great shots on Instagram of different things as well. Um, with your your sort of life juggler thing bubbling away in the background. Yeah, yeah. Life juggler is like currently it's 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 a blog, and it's um it just talks around not as frequently as it should these days, but um, it just talks around like the changes in my life. And for example, getting together with a guy who was widowed and now kind of living with him and his two children, which, I, which I've done for eight years. So it, you know, it started to kind of look at the life changing and kind of to interact with other life jugglers to see how they were coping with stuff because I didn't have a clue. Um, and yeah, just to talk about bereavement and, Everything from bereavement to my loan travels and or yoga or you know you name it my own kind of you know family history um, yeah so it started there and um, we'll, you know we'll see where it goes really are we going to see a lifestyle book or something at some point you know the, the, the oh. life juggler yeah the, uh, like modern day Mrs was it Mrs. Beaton or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know about that. There's nothing, not much cooking going on with Life Juggler at the moment. She does cook, though. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Um, uh, Life Juggler has um, like her own Spotify playlist and stuff, stuff like that. And um, yeah, and also kind of talks a bit about the menopause too. So you know, there may be there may be potential. I don't know to kind of to to um, I don't know specialise in a couple of areas, but it's yeah, it's early days. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I do, it, it 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 is amazing though because you know it so reflects the parts of you. I mean, you know, I've got to know over the years since I've known you about you working in fashion PR and you know different lifestyle things that you've done, but. You know, if I hadn't have known all that, I would have instantly known who you were by your life juggling <laughs> blog as well, because you know, you are just so into stylish different things, you know, maybe it be objects or antidotes or things like that. And um, I think I think it's safe to say yeah, I'm 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 into different. Um I like different, I like I like the choice of different and um, I, th I think that goes for everything, for, for music, art, people, every, everything, you know, um, yeah, different, different, different can be good. So it's, um, it's, quite, it's kind of good to stray off the path, I think, and um, just indulge your curiosity, you know, and, and see what you find. And I've always been pleasantly surprised when I kind of, you know, have gone a little bit outside the box and then found interesting things, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. And of course, you love to travel as well, don't you? I mean, you've done quite a bit of traveling. I love to travel. Not that anyone's traveling right now, but yeah. <laughs> I, love, I do love to travel. I've done two um, around the world trips. So I've, I've taken big chunks of time off and, and done that. And that's been amazing. Um, I mean, that was some time ago. I've been to, I've trekked to every space camp. <laughs> Little known fact about me. Uh, not, for, not for a while, though. Um, yeah, so, I, yeah, lots of different stuff. Because, I mean, it's a big world out there. And, um, you know, yeah. there's a lot to see. 
And you never stop learning either, do you? I suppose different cultures teach us different things about communication as well. Yeah, I, I really, I really do feel that. Um, you know, everything. Every time I go somewhere and experience a different place or different culture, meet different people, then yeah, I bring a bit of it back with me. And I, yeah, I hope it does influence um, the way I communicate in a positive way. You know, as in as in, as in being very inclusive, which is quite important to me as well. Yeah, I think you know that that is a, a mark of a good. Your comms person, though, isn't it to be that inclusive? Yeah, I, I, I really do like um, diversity and you know being inclusive, and I think that's what travel gives you. I think it broadens your horizons, and um, and yeah, it just make, it creates an awareness of um, well, so many different things that you can just keep with you whatever you get from traveling you know whatever experiences kind of stays with you and i think it it kind of forms you going forward that's that's what i think <laughs> oh brilliant so you know i mean and do you see yourself when you can because obviously nobody can really travel at the moment as you said do you see yourself sort of taking off the work around the world again soon or <laughs> i would love to i have a a five-week trip to Vietnam, penciled in for next year, but um, who knows whether that's a goer or not. But yeah, fingers crossed. We had to cancel for this year, but that would have been like a family holiday, and so that would have been quite interesting to you know to show the kids you know different places and different cultures to see their reactions to that. Yeah, I think it, it, it's very sort of character building, isn't it, for children as well, to be able yeah, to go and so. see different cultures. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they have travelled a fair bit, you know, they've been, they've been, well, all over Spain, definitely, and Portugal, but you've seen an awful lot of Europe, so um, it would be very exciting for them to go, you know, um, further afield, and they say, yeah. just really experience a, a very, very different culture. But we'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I hope that, that that kind of is a go for you next year. So, um, so you know, back to your, your menopause cafe. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just, you know, it, because you are good at communicating, you, you definitely are. There's no shadow of a doubt about that. Um, what... Do you find who what have you come across through your menopause cafe with different women? I mean, you know, is there a, a current theme, a, a theme running out through menopause? Would you say, or is it? Um, I, I think the th I think the theme is that um, that no one can prepare for it basically, and it kind of you know it I just kind of. It, I don't know, creeps up on you, um, possibly. And people, you know, no matter what they hear or read or whatever, they're, they're not quite prepared um, because nobody knows how it's going to affect them because everybody is such an individual um, transition, really. So, um, yeah, some people sail through it. Some people really, really struggle. Um, yeah, I had a lot of difficulty sleeping. I had like very, very achy bones. I um, relied very heavily on uh, one particular book, um, which, <laughs> which was called Menopause, The Wise Woman Way. <laughs> Uh, which, of course, I thought, yeah, that's me. I'm a wise woman. I can handle this. Um, but 
you know, she, <laughs> the lady who wrote that, I think she's called Susan, spelled S-U-S-U-N, weed. Um, yeah, she, she has a really nice take on it about, you know, accepting and really um, giving yourself loads of TLC, like during that time. Uh, the only downside is she does refer to embracing your inner crone now and again, which I'm not quite ready for. <laughs> Sorry, Susan. <laughs> But I do, <laughs> I do highly recommend that book. I loved it. And actually, if you look at my Amazon record, I mean, I gave that book to so many people that I think I probably ordered about 30 copies over the years. So. Really? Oh, my goodness. So it, it's a really good one to get. But as you said, you know, women do tend to sort of suffer in different ways. Um, and it, 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 it is sometimes hard, isn't it, to put it into words, what is going on? Yeah, I think so. And I think people do, um, yeah, I, I think they, they keep a lot to themselves, you know, because a lot of people aren't sure, is this the menopause or is this just me or, you know, and so I think it's kind of tough um, navigating that really. And then I think it is really helpful. I know the feedback we got from menopause cafes was so positive. People just really loved having other people to speak to and realising they weren't alone and things they were experiencing, you know, were not unusual. And um, I think they found it really helpful. Oh, brilliant. No, 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 that is good. As you said, I think talking through anything helps, doesn't it? It does, but it's, it's sometimes hard to get people started on the menopause. You know, I mean, a lot of um, celebrities talk about it now. You know, Meg Matthews has got her own, well, Meg's menopause. You know, Zoe Ball often talks about it. It's much more um, acceptable. But I mean, there was a time when people would tell you anything about themselves. But made me think you didn't really need to know, um, and, you know, rather than admit to having the menopause. But that is changing. And I think that's that's a really good thing. Yeah, because it you know it, it's part of the human condition. I mean, it's not you know it's yeah. not something that really should be. I mean, you know, back in the day, uh, <laughs> you wouldn't have been talking about menopause, would you? With certain age no. groups of women. No, I don't. I don't think um, you know. I don't think that people discussed it much at all um and i'm not quite sure why there was why there is um or that why there was kind of embarrassment and almost shame attached to something that is a natural process yeah it is a natural process isn't it and mm. i think that's what people maybe fail to to, to realize sometimes which is yeah. kind of ridiculous but yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, you can't imagine, can you, Jean Bennett or Lynn Franks talking about the menopause back then, can you? I think Lynn Franks may have done some menopause stuff. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to check that out afterwards. She, I think she may have talked about that because she, um, she does quite a lot of um, inspirational kind of work and... Um, so maybe, maybe Lynn Franks has covered it. Yeah, poor Jean Bennett has, well, not been around for, for a very long time now, so, but I can't ever, ever imagine discussing menopause with her. Mind you, I was pretty young then, so of course, you, you never think it's going to happen to you. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's the other thing about the menopause. It'll get you kind of think, surely this is not happening to me, but yeah, as sure as eggs are eggs, if you'll excuse the pun, it is going to happen. <laughs> 
yeah <laughs> it certainly is definitely so yeah no as i said you you you've kind of gone full circle with everything really haven't you in in regards to you know how you've worked in and pr and comms for 30 years and so much has changed and you know now we tend to have a conversation or put something out on social media that perhaps years ago we would never have dreamed about you know i mean there's been a lot hasn't there to do with period poverty recently in yes. the press in the last sort of couple mm. of years um yeah. and you know now that is becoming a subject it is it is becoming a subject and actually you kind of caught me on the hook because i actually read a book recently that um that, oh my goodness yeah hang on this is an obvious title it's actually called blood it's right. called blood and it focuses very much on period poverty but off the top of my head i can't say say much more about it because i have i haven't got it here so um but yeah it was phenomenal and it did speak about all the cultural issues around periods and how women were treated in different countries and you know not allowed into the house when they were having periods and stuff like that so and i mean that that's that's current that ha that's happening now yeah which is you know really quite strange i mean we've come a long way in the you know west i mean in in the uk i guess you know we now in the last, I mean, I know in West Berkshire, because, you know, we, we, we've both covered it, that there is period boxes and, you know. Yeah, the red boxes, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, you know, that girls in schools can now access that, you know, before, I mean, when we were kids, it was sort of like, oh, you know, I've got period, I can't, can't send you. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, you, know <laughs> and, uh, you know, even... Even now, I mean, you wouldn't even consider doing that in an office environment, would you? Saying, oh, I've got my period or, you know. No, no, you, you, probably, you probably wouldn't, but you, you kind of should do really. Because then again, it's a bit like the menopause thing. It's really good for people to have an awareness that you might just not be feeling, you know, to absolutely tip top for a couple of days, you know, and, and that's fine. Again, another natural process, you know, but talking about period poverty, you know, um, that I was reading in that book that, you know, a lot of countries, you know, girls go to school and there's no toilets for them to change in or, you know, to, you know, they haven't got the proper, um, you know, um, pads or sanitary wear, basically. And so they end up having to go home, you know, because they, they haven't got proper sanitary wear and if they did have any they, there's no facilities for them to to change or stuff like that which is pretty shocking pretty it shocking. is pretty shocking yeah no you're absolutely right to think that this is happening now it, it's yeah just, it's not acceptable is it it isn't actually i did see an article um about a japanese store recently um i'm i have to send you the graphic but it's um the inner store they did ask female people to wear a badge with a kind of like um i don't i don't, I don't know kind of an emoji woman basically and she was called miss period and so that was so that people were aware that people were on their periods but i think i'm not sure how well that went <laughs> 
<laughs> not sure I'm completely signed up to that, but um, I'm, 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 hopefully the intention was good behind it. But yeah, I'll have to send it to you because um, it was an interesting idea. <laughs> it is an interesting idea. And, you know, I mean, sometimes it just does take a little bit of, you know, groundbreaking movement to to get things going i mean you know for example like your menopause cafe is a really good thing because it it gets people talking doesn't it and that that is it's, it's, you know. na it's a national initiative so i kind of looked at what they were doing but i i did it slightly differently and um actually went out to a cafe so that people you know and kind of um funded for people to have a coffee. So they had like a card when they came in, they could go get a coffee. And so it literally was just like a group of girls meeting up for lunch. And, you know, not in the office space where people are in a rush or, you know, or maybe they don't, they don't feel comfortable. So taking out the office environment, I felt was a really great benefit. And uh, people really enjoyed that. And, um, you know, obviously we haven't been able to do it since, well, for a long time now. But, um, yeah, hopefully um, once lockdown is over, um, we can get out there again. Yeah, definitely. I think it's really important, isn't it, you know, to get yeah. together with people that can do something but it's, it's the social distancing and you know we had we had everybody around one table so yeah hopefully that will come that will come back soon watch this space yeah yeah i know well we will we will watch this space so so that's cool so you know are you sort of planning you know in in the future to do more sort of life juggling things or yeah, I mean, life juggling is a hobby, um, a hobby right now, but there is potential because it, it, it's got so many um, places it could go to. So, so yeah, we'll see how people respond to, you know, the blogs and um, Instagram and, you know, just just see see how that rolls. You know, as I say, it's a lot, there's a lot of interest and because I cover all aspects of of my life which kind of incorporates other people you know it kind of reflects what what's going on in other people's lives um yeah hopefully it could it could broaden you know it could be something you know in the future definitely i mean so you're still going to hang on to that vivian westwood jacket then <laughs> yeah <laughs> i might wear it to work tomorrow <laughs> give it an airing yeah give it an airing i would definitely so, <laughs> Show them how it's done. Show them how you do it. You should. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what I can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So shake it up a little bit. Definitely. No, that, but that's cool. Well, look, do you know what? It, it's been a real pleasure to, to sort of chat through various points in your life where you've been doing comms and PR and you know working in in lifestyle situations as well I think it is it's been really interesting so I mean thank you <laughs> yeah definitely it really has so is, is there there one thing that you can sort of take through the whole 30 years of um, I think that would be too tricky I think actually I think it is my nature to like many, many things for many, many reasons. So probably not, I'm afraid, because there's so 
so many things that I like and I'm interested in. So, yeah, it's kind of hard to choose one or the other. I mean, I guess the whole thing is that I do like interacting. I like learning. I like communicating. And I, you know, I very much like to get out there and meet other people who feel the same way. And that's like, that's a total life pleasure. Yeah, no, definitely. I can see that. And that that's sort of like, you know, you kind of live and breathe that, you know, as a person. So yeah, no, that, that's fab. Keep, keep being absolutely fabulous.